Cornelius was a God-fearing man, according to the word of God. Is this true? Let's read it again. Uh, Verse 2, a devout man and one who feared God with all of his household. Was he yet born again? No. Was he yet regenerated by the washing of the Spirit of God over his life by the blood of Jesus? No. But did he fear God? There's a lot of people that are going to church that may not be serving God, but they fear God. We've got musicians all over that when they receive a reward for their singing and their musical talents, the first thing they do is give glory to God. That doesn't mean that they're born again. Well, you're judging. I'm not judging. I'm just telling you the truth. There's a difference between being born again and someone who's fearing God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not judging anybody. But I'm telling you this. If the fruits of their life are not bearing witness that they were born again, then they were not born again. They may fear God, but the fruits of the Spirit better better be evident inside your life if you're born again. If, If you're born again, these signs will follow you if you believe. There's a difference in believing of, well, I believe it can happen, and a difference in believing it's going to follow me because I believe in Him and He's in me. It's like someone coming for prayer and going, I hope this happens. No, it's not a hoping. You've got to know in whom you have believed. What are you standing on? Are you hoping it's going to change? Are you believing it's already done? And we're just waiting for the fruit to come to forth. Are you here, church? See, Cornelius was a God-fearing man. But it doesn't mean he was walking in the full benefits of what God had for him yet. But let's look at something. Let's look at this man's life. He was a devout man and one who feared God with all of his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Was he a giver? Was he a prayer? Was he even born again yet? And see, that goes against most of our theology right there. Why are we going to let someone that's not even like you are, born again yet, outgive us and outpray us? Church, we're the ones who's supposed to be givers. But you know, we just passed this season of giving. I didn't know giving was a season. I thought it was a lifestyle. Isn't that what they call Christmas? The season of giving? Because see, that's the one time when you can help somebody and they won't be offended at you. I'm serious. You can, you can bless a family, you can put shoes and clothes on them, and they don't say a word. You try to do that in March, April, May, June, July, and they get offended at you sometimes. We don't need your help. We're not looking for a hand. It's ain't a handout. I'm just doing what God told me to do. Are you there, church? Cornelius was a man who prayed. True? Cornelius was a man who gave. True? Was he born again yet? No. Had the gospel come to his house yet? No. Did he fear God? Yes. Was he needing breakthrough? Yes. Well, how did his breakthrough come? It wasn't from going to church. It wasn't from worshiping God. And I don't have a problem with worshiping God. And I don't have a problem with going to church. But I'm telling you right now, where did his breakthrough come? Every day he was giving, every day he was praying, every day he didn't even know what he was doing, but he was doing it because he was fearing God, and it's what you were supposed to do. 
And God saw it. Let's read it. Verse 3. And about the ninth hour of the day, he, Cornelius, saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. You know, that's how an angel would talk, right? Cornelius. Because in your mind, that's what you think of when an angel of the Lord is going to show up. Cornelius, the Lord has sent me to you. And see, we read this and go, man, if I could have an angelic experience. Why do you want to take a step down? Because you've already got the Spirit of God living in you. Y'all got quiet on me. Does God dwell in you? Well, if I could see angels and man, if I could have that experience, what's it going to do for you? Other than make you want to write a book and get everybody to tell you what a wonderful spiritual person you are. Because it's amazing to me how many people we have angelic experiences and we can't keep our mouth shut anymore. You couldn't open it before you had that experience when you had Jesus. But you're going to have an, an encounter and all of a sudden nobody can keep you quiet. Wow. <laughs> I'm having fun. I got my blue jeans and boots on tonight. Y'all in trouble. Hallelujah. Cornelius, verse 4. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And so he said to him, Look what the angel of the Lord said unto Cornelius. Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Did y'all see that? What came up before God? His giving and His prayers. According to the book of Revelation, what happens before the throne of God? What happens to the prayers of the saints? It says they arise as incense before the nostrils of God. Correct? So if the prayers of the saints is rising as incense before God, has anybody ever had incense in your house or potpourri style stuff? Some of y'all have some really loud potpourri stuff in your house because you walk in and it's like, wham! I'm looking at my mother, if you can't tell. She used to keep a little copper pot thing on the stove with, I don't know what was in it. It was potpourri and water and all kinds of spices and cinnamon and stuff. The first thing you could smell walking through the door was that. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all got a mama? Okay, you don't have to tell me right now. I know. Okay? That smell... If the Bible talks about the, the prayers of the saints arising as an incense before the nostrils of God, then what have you sent up before the nostrils of God? Because for a lot of us, it would go, it's over. And it's over. The prayers of the saints, that means you need to be praying. How often? Without ceasing. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Scripture or not? How often are we supposed to be praying? All the time. So what's supposed to be rising up before God? 
See, we won't break through. We want our musicians to catch what's coming from God and to write songs and to catch the melodies of God. But if we don't know how to get in the presence of God at home by ourselves, how can we ever catch what God's trying to bring us? How can we ever lead people into the presence if we don't know what the presence is? The thing about the presence of God is you can press your way right out the other side. You got to learn how to rest in his presence. See, we come into churches and we're so bound and we're, we're so convicted. But yet all we ever do is we want to give a little bit. We want to pray a little bit and we go right back into the world. And we come back the next time and we pray a little bit and we give a little bit. And we're expecting change, but it has not become a lifestyle. It has not become a lifestyle. It's got to become a lifestyle. Let me tell you, prayer and fasting has to become a lifestyle. Not just something we do at the first of the year. Churches all over call 21 day fast in January and they don't call another one the rest of the year. And I said it this morning, and when we call a fast, we call it with the Daniel word attached to it. A Daniel fast. In other words, in America, we can't get people to fast. So to, 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 to counteract that, we just tell them, give up something. Give up your Dr. Pepper and Coke for a week and, and let God bless you. And we wonder why we're powerless. We wonder why we have no anointing. Because what, we, what are we willing to give up for Jesus? What are we willing to give up and get along with Jesus? Are we willing to even take these things, turn them off, turn them over, and get alone on our face before Jesus? We're more concerned about how many likes we got on Instagram and Facebook than we are being in the presence of God. And I'm telling you, church, we're in sin. And we wonder why we're losing our young people. We wonder why there's so many problems. Where's the power of God? He's there. He's with us, but he's waiting on us. I'm telling you, some of us are needing some major breakthrough and we keep doing the same thing over and over and nothing's happening. And I'm trying to tell you how something can happen. You got to pray. You got to pray. You got to pray. You got to get up. You got to get out of your bed. Because how many times do we have great intentions and we woke up early and we told ourselves, I can lay right here and I can pray and I'll be all right. Within 10 minutes, where are you at? Because what you do is you wake up, and this time of the year, it's a little cool in the house. So you stick your big toe outside the bed, and it's a little cool, so you streak it right back up in there. You pull your covers up and say, Jesus, I love you. I've been there, done that, still do it from time to time. I'm telling you, though, but what we got to do is say no to our flesh and yes to the will of God. Because he's watching. He's listening to you. This man is not even a believer yet. But are his prayers arising before God? Is God seeing his giving? Did he get his breakthrough? Did an angel of the Lord come and talk to him and give him instruction? Look. Verse 6. He's telling him where, where Peter's at. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea, and he will tell you what you must do. See, God had somebody set and waiting to give him more instruction. But he had to be willing to humble himself and listen to somebody else. Because you don't have all the answers and neither do I. 
five of us in here agree. Verse 7. No, no. Verse 29. He sends them. Let's skip on down. Let's get through this. Verse 29. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? Verse 30. Peter is talking to Cornelius and Cornelius says, Four days ago, I was... Is this man a believer yet? Is he a God-fearing man? Yes. And he had a lot of us beat. Because he was seeking something. Because what you seek is what you find. The door you knock on is the door that will be opened. What do you believe in God to do, church? Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. And when he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. God had a plan, but Cornelius had to get in the plan of God. He needed some breakthrough and didn't even know what he was looking for. He feared God. He was fasting. He was praying. And he was giving. I'm trying to tell you how to do this. You got to fast. You got to pray. And you got to be willing to give. You need an uncommon breakthrough. You need to do something uncommon. Did God hear him? And if he heard this man who was not yet even born again, how much more so is he listening to you? Are you here, church? I said, how much more so? Look, First John tells us when I pray, he hears me. And when he hears me, he will answer me. He's waiting to answer you. But so many of us, we have a misconceived notion of who God really is. You've got this idea that God is standing over you, waiting to get you. Come on. I need you to mess up because I hadn't got anybody today. Well, the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. My daddy disciplined me. And we'll have the argument where he says, I didn't discipline you enough. And I'm going to say you got me too much. But I may not have been the brightest guy, but I got it. When the belt came out. Or the switch. Mama was a switch. And see, let me tell you about guys like me. Son, go out there and get a switch off the tree. Well, we got this thing called a willow tree. Don't go to the willow tree. Anybody go to the willow tree besides me? One time. One time is all it took for me. That thing is skinny and it's a, it'll whip all the way around your leg and whip you all the way back around. I don't need me none of that. I need a stick because it don't bend. It's only going to hit one spot. Are y'all here? I'm thankful for every spanking I got. I needed every one of them. 
They didn't abuse me, but I needed it. But listen to me. It didn't take me long to figure out, you do this and this is the consequence. I don't need to be doing that. I didn't get a whole lot of spankings, did I? Why? Because I was smarter than my sister. I'll say that because she's in Guatemala as a missionary, so she's not here. She probably won't even hear this. I was smarter than her. Because I figured out real quick, one plus one equals on my honey. I don't need that. Don't need me no more of that. Did y'all have any of that in your life? Did you figure that out? Or some of you was more like my wife that just do it just because and look at you. I dare you to get me. Right or wrong? See, I was smart. If I do that, that's coming for me. Was anybody ever, you was out and, and you kept doing and mama looked at you and said, one more time. What do you do? One more time. And then came the words, when we get home, I own you. Your butt's mud. So then you get the name tag the rest of the day, mud, because it's a bad day. And you still got six hours left in town. And all the way home, now you think a mama done forgot. Mama done forgot, huh? Mama ain't said a word, and it's been gloomy all afternoon because I know we're going home. But Mama done forgot because now she's all happy and stuff. So we taking stuff in the house. We putting it up. I'm being good. Man, I'm a good boy now. I'm doing right. And then all of a sudden, everything gets put up. I go to my room, and I'm hiding. And all of a sudden, Jason Edward. Because you know when the middle name comes out, you in trouble. And if you don't respond, respond, the last name's coming with the middle name, and it's over for you. It's just over. Go ahead and get your, your, your obituary. It's over for you. Are y'all here? Did y'all have, thank God we had some of that in our life? But did you learn from it? But see, we want to quote the scripture. He disciplines those whom he loves. Guess what? When he disciplines me, I got it. I ain't going back to that. I don't need his discipline all the time. You might, but I don't. I figured out, you do this, you get his discipline. I ain't doing that. Are y'all here, church? Because my daddy loves me. And he will discipline me when I need it. But I don't need it because I'm not doing that. I'm saying no to sin. So I won't get the discipline of God. I'm changing my attitude so I don't get the discipline of God. I'm changing the way I think, the way I talk. Are y'all here? He's not standing over me. Come on, Jason. I triple dog dare you. No, sir. He's standing over me going, come on, Jason, do it. I want to bless you. Come on, do this, son. I want to bless you. I want to Oh, we like to sing about the blessings of God, but we don't want to do what it takes to get the blessings of God. It's called obedience. It's called fasting and praying. It's called praying and praying through. Things that our forefathers used to talk about. That we've lost, we've lost the praying through thing. Do y'all know what I'm talking about when I say praying through? My grandmother's generation, she's sitting right over there. She's 93 years old. And I'm blessed that she's still with us. But you know what? Her generation, they knew something. You prayed until something was broken. Now let me shock you. 
She's a Baptist. She knows how to pray. Her husband pastored right here in Hampton, First Assembly, I mean, First Baptist in Hampton, Arkansas, back in the 80s, for 10 years. I remember going to the parsonage right there in Hampton, Arkansas. But you know what? I watched my grandfather pray. He's a Baptist. He doesn't believe in what we believe. But he knew how to pray. And he knew how to preach. You know what he was going to preach? Repent or go to hell and burn. I'm serious. Now today, you get 27 ways to prosper and be in good health. Church, what we've got to do is return back to the Word of God. And the Word of God is pray. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice evermore. Be in the will of God. Triumph. The will of God is pray. The will of God is fast. The will of God is seek the face of God. The will of God is be in His presence. That is what we have to do. And you got to give. And some of you here, and I, I was praying over this a few days ago, and, and, and I'm telling you right now, giving is not always money. Because what you're going to immediately do to me is, well, I don't have any money to give, Brother Jason, so, 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 so now come the excuses. So now come the excuses. So I'm, what I'm going to tell you is, Grandmama, cook you a pie and go give it to somebody. Is that not giving? You do what you can do. In this church right here, I just want to prove a point. Between this church and in in, in Eldorado, do we not have men that can do a little bit of plumbing, a little bit of roofing, a little bit of carpentry? I didn't say you were skilled. I said you know how to do a little bit. Do you know how many widows and elderly around us are praying for somebody to come put a little dab or something on keep their roof from leaking? That's got a leaky faucet that has nobody to help them? You want to talk about being the body? Then be the body. Giving is not always about taking up an offering. Giving is about finding somebody and helping them. Giving is about, you go. You like to cook on your smoker and on your grill? Then go buy you a pork loin and cook that sucker and get you some bread and some potatoes and cook it and go take it to a family. You want to grow a church? You want to grow the kingdom of God? You want to help people and reach lost? Then you figure out how to go to reach them. You're not going to reach them by taking up an offering in here. You're going to reach them by going and being the offering. You go be that sweet smelling before the nostrils of God. Because we went out in our community and we found those that needed a ramp for their wheelchair. And we built them a ramp. We found the leaky faucets and we fixed them. And they never came to our church because they couldn't even get out of the church, out of their house. But you know what? We led them to Jesus right inside their house because they were waiting on us. Because they had been giving and praying and waiting on somebody. But Peter had to go to Cornelius. And people are needing you to come to them. But what you want to do is take up an offering and make a guy like me go to them. And I'm telling you, you're wrong. Because I'm going with or without you. But I'm telling you, there's people in your community where you come from 
that you pass all the time that need what you can do. We've got ladies that love to clean that can go clean. You've got a vacuum cleaner. You plug that thing up. Nowadays, they got them with batteries in them. And you can just... Are y'all here? I'm trying to tell you there's a way to give without having to give your financial money that you don't have. I'm not here asking for your money, but I am asking you to be like Jesus and find somebody that needs the realness of who Jesus is. No matter how they smell, no matter how they look, you hear from heaven and you go help them. Church, let's be the church. We want God to move in Camden, Arkansas. Are we? What county are we in? Washita, Washita, Calhoun's right here. What else is around us? What are these other counties? Union, Dallas. That's right. We know them when the storms come through, and they, here comes across the TV. Everybody, take cover. We know which where which way to go, but we don't know how to go help people because they go to another church. You realize you're going to spend eternity with them. No matter what church they went to, when you get to heaven, if you make it to heaven, when you get there, they're not going to tell you, okay, all you assemblies of God over here, all you Pentecostals over here, all you charismatics over here, all you home group people, we didn't know what to do with you anyway, so we're just going to put you in the back. All you Baptists are going to come over here, all you Pentecostals, that we sure didn't know what to do with y'all, so y'all going to go in the back or we're going to hear y'all anyway. That's not what's going to happen. There's one church, one Lord, one faith, one God. And there's only one way that we can be saved, and that's through the blood of His Son. There's no other name that we can call on to be saved. True? But I'm telling you, people are out there right now that are fearing God, but they've yet to meet God, and they're waiting on you. But you got to get alone with God. Peter was alone. He was praying. He got a word from God. He went and delivered the word from God. Now I want you to look what happened. Look at verse 44. Because you'll find it was less, almost 10 verses that he spoke. He did not speak very long at all. Cornelius asked him to deliver what God had given him. He delivered. It was 10 verses, I believe. And the next thing you're going to find in verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles also. Stop right there. When the Bible normally talks about the Gentiles, it's talking about the world. Those that they didn't think could be saved. When, they, when Peter went and he delivered, it was ten verses. It wasn't very long. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost fell. Why? Because somebody had positioned themselves to hear from heaven. The man in need and the man bringing the answer. They both had prepared themselves. And it was not so much what he preached as the ground was ready to receive. Hear what I'm telling you. You go find the ground that's ready to receive. And you sow into that ground. And let God bring increase. Listen to me. You cannot save anybody. You cannot heal anybody. I have so many testimonies by the thousands of people that were healed and saved and delivered. And I didn't do anything other than be obedient. 
That is my only portion is obedience. It is God who saves. It is God who heals. It is God who delivers. Period. So when God moves through you, you give Him the glory and you forget it and move on. Hear what I'm telling you. Just because God moved don't mean it's time to write a book about it. It means it's time to forget that one and give Him glory for it. Return like the leper and give Him some glory and go find another one. Give Him some glory. Give Him some honor. Go do something that brings glory to the Father. Because Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. He went and found somebody that needed healing. He went and found somebody that needed deliverance. He went and found somebody that needed feeding. Everything I'm telling you to do, Jesus did it. Did He not feed? By the thousands. Did He not deliver? By the thousands. Did He not save? Oh, yes, He did. He gave His blood. You and I are saved today because of Jesus. Church, but I'm telling you, there's Corneliuses out there. And they're right now, they fear God, and then you think they don't. But they need to hear somebody come and tell them, Jesus is Lord, without trying to get in their pocketbook. You don't find where Peter led Cornelius and his family to Jesus which, and, and then took up an offering. What you find is he led them to water and said, let's baptize them. What they're looking for is somebody to disciple them. And that's what you got to do. It's not the, pa- the pastor's job to disciple them. It's yours. Go find that which needs saving. Seek and save that which was lost. Lead them to Jesus. Because I'm telling you right now, Lord willing, I'll be back in Pakistan later this year. And Lord willing, we're going to see a crusade of 20,000 Muslims. And in that 20,000 Muslims, I'm telling you that 15,000 at least will be born again. They invited me the other day, right or wrong. We were sitting there having our family. I was at my parents' house on Christmas Eve. We're having our family thing. In comes a text from Pakistan inviting me to come to a church of 25,000 to preach. In Pakistan. In Pakistan, did you hear what I just said? Because you know, they know what's going to happen if I come. The blinded eyes will open. The deaf ears will open. And it's not because of me, it's because of what I carry. I am a carrier of the presence and so are you. Now release what you have. See, and you hear the 20, oh, that's wonderful. Oh, and you hear that, you know, we bought the land in Kenya for the orphanage and we've got the, the land now and we've got, just to give you a small update, we've got a, a bathroom facilities on it and we've got a, our school is now on it, but we have yet to build our, the orphanage buildings just because we just hadn't had the finances yet. And I don't say that but to get you to give, I say that because of the timing of God. Because sometimes going slow is of God. You got to stay in the timing of God. Okay? It doesn't, it doesn't bother me to tell somebody. We hadn't built it yet. I don't care if it takes 10 years. That's not on me. It's not on me. It's not mine to perform. I will do it as God provides it. But see, you hear somebody like me that says, we're going to have a crusade and when we go back... Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to have a pastor's conference in February. We'll have five to six hundred pastors and leaders there. Oh, it's amazing. But what you don't hear is the stories of every day here. When I'm reaching the one. Because Jesus came for the one. He left the 99 to go find the 
I was the one. I'm thankful somebody came and found me. I'm thankful somebody wasn't worried about the hundreds of thousands. They was worried about the one. Are you here, church? There's ones all over around you that need to hear Jesus. Some of you are going into areas that I will never get into. Go be Jesus. You be Peter and you go find Cornelius. I don't care what he looks like, what she looks like, how they smell. Tatted up, earring, got mad, it doesn't matter. What matters is Jesus loves them and he sent you to bring them, bring him to them. Now go deliver Jesus to them, introduce them to Jesus and get out of the way. Your job is to introduce people to Jesus, that's it. Your job is not to stand in their way and baby them. Because if you'll get out of the way, they'll pass you up in just a moment. And now it's the challenge is on. We were somewhere the other day, and this man made a comment about a lady that was there that she, she told him, I want to be the one in the room that's the hungriest the most for Jesus. Hmm. I thought about that. Hmm. She said, I don't want anybody in the room to be hungrier than I am for the presence of God. Now, you want me to mess with you? She's not from your culture. She's from Vietnam and she's here. And what the problem is, is you're going to let people pass you up because you've been sitting right here on your pew, in your chair, year after year, defending your spot because you don't want anybody to sit in your seat and we're offended because they left this thing out because this has changed and this is different we don't do this here. When are they going to put that thing up? This ain't the way things are done here. When are they going to get this thing out of the way? Brother Jeremy, when are you going to put this thing out of the way? What if they just leave it? We'd have people, if we come in here overnight and change the color of the carpet and the color of the chairs, we'd have people offended and leave. Um, Oh, we would. Because it happens all over. Well, they didn't ask me. Listen to me, sweetheart. You're supposed to be out preaching the gospel to people, not worried about the color of carpet. Because I preach in places where chickens and goats and everything else run around my feet. It don't bother me one bit. I felt more of the presence of God in some of those places where you've got corn sacks tied together to keep the sun off of you. And people laid out for hours under the glory of God. They weren't worried about your building. See, I've got pastors in Africa. Some of them make less than 50 cents a day. They're poor. When I tell you they're poor, they're poor. i got a lady over there. She has see, she had three natural children. And her story is terrible. I mean, she's, it's terrible what all that woman has been through. But I'm going to tell you this. Her husband passed away about five years ago. Her mother had abandoned her when she was four years old, came back, had four more children. At the age of 12, Mama abandoned her with those four kids. She said, we were so poor, Brother Jason. I would cut grass and boil it, and that was our supper. I would take leaves off the tree and boil it, and that was our supper. She raised those four children. She put herself through school. She put herself through university. And she was the leader of the number three girls school in all of Kenya. She had three natural children. Her husband passed away. Listen to me. I sat in her house. She had 26 orphans that she has adopted by herself that she's raising. Did you hear what I just said? 26 she adopted. 
When I saw her this year, she had 29 she's adopted. She had 32 kids by herself. And what we do is we come to altars and we say, God, use me. Then you got people out there that come and pray and go find something to do. And say, here I am, send me. Because I'm telling you, church, Cornelius is out there and he needs you to come to him. You got to get along with God. You got to get a word from God. I'm challenging you this week. Lord willing, we'll be back Sunday, but I'm challenging you right now. This week, you pray. You fast as you can. And you read your word. And let's let the presence of God come in and break things and let's watch what happens next weekend. Are you with me? Worshippers, singers, when you play, I am serious. You release the anointing of God. I understand you're on a guitar. I get it. And you're limited. But you, what you do is you stand there and you release that anointing that's in you. And let's watch blinded eyes be opened in this room. Let's watch the wheelchairs stand up and then walk out and nobody touched them. I think I shared with you, I was in, uh, I'll say it, I was in Vietnam uh, back a few months ago. I think I shared it last time I was here. But there was a lady that had been hit by a vehicle. Her, her hips were crushed. Her leg was crushed here. They brought her, set her down for three days. I've got video of that woman running and no one touched her. But the Holy Ghost. Same service. A guy was paralyzed from here down. They brought him up four, three, four flights of stairs for three days. They laid him there. They laid him there. They laid him there. I went back there. I touched him on the side of the head in Jesus' name. His right leg began to move. His left leg began to move. We stood him up for the first time in years. It's not me. It's Jesus. I'm telling you, the same Jesus I serve is the same Jesus you serve. But you got to get alone with Him. I'm challenging you. I'm throwing the gauntlet down. I'm challenging you. It's going to take your time. How bad do you want to see God move in your life? How bad do you want to be the Peter that found Cornelius? How bad do you want that story? Then get alone with God. You gotta fast, you gotta pray, you gotta be available. Sometimes it means not going fishing. As bad as that is. Or not going to the deer stand. Sometimes it means my son and I walking out the back door some years ago to get in the boat to go fishing, to get in the truck to go fishing. We got halfway to the truck. I can see the truck, it's right there. We're fixing to get in it to go fishing. God spoke to me. I looked at my son. He's right there. I looked at him and said, son, we're not going fishing today. God just spoke to me. Don't get in that boat today. Well, what would have happened if you had? I don't know. It doesn't matter what would have happened. What matters is obedience. When my daddy told me don't do that, I didn't do it. I'm telling you, I'm smarter than that. I don't need the discipline. Let's be smart. Are you here, church? Let's be smart. Let's don't, the discipline thing, that's for them that's not being smart. Let's be smart. If I do this, I'll inherit damnation. If I do this, I'll inherit life. Choose life. Oh, that's, that's pretty easy. This door goes to hell, this door goes to life. I want that one. But some of us, we so smart, we're going to peek behind that other door just to see if it's really there. If I told you there was a man standing behind that door with a baseball bat going to hit you upside the head, how many of us would go open the door to see if he was really there? 
Oh, you don't get a pistol. It don't matter. But you still open the door. It don't matter what you was doing. Because that's just what we're going to do. But I'm telling you right now, God wants to use you, but you've got to be available. Would y'all please stand on your feet tonight? Jesus. Yesterday, I got a newsletter from a man just right down the road from me. Right there out of West Monroe, Louisiana. How old is he? About 70? At least over 70? 75, 80, somewhere in there. This man's been preaching since before I was born, I think. He's got a ministry right there. It's not very well known. He doesn't do a whole lot as far as what you think. He struggles to make it. But let me tell you something. They print tracts and they print Bible. They do all sorts of things. This man, he sent me, this is his year-end report. Do you all see that right there? I'm just verify what I'm reading. Year-end report. See that? How much did they spend on purchasing paper and ink? 34000 Yeah, 34000 34000 How much for postage? 6000 6000 What is that? It's about $40,000 that they spent on buying paper and ink to print tracks. Flip this thing around, and it says in November, where is it at? Anyway, it says, we reach souls in 27 countries and 33 states in the United States. Right here. We printed and shipped more literature than ever, which was overseas. Over 2 million Spanish tracts were printed from August to November alone. 2 million. $40,000. Do you know how many churches around us spend that on a new screen to put up and a new sign outside? $40,000 and they reached millions upon millions of people with the gospel. You keep reading about it, he's in Pakistan, he's in all kinds of places, spreading the gospel with a little bit of money. And what I'm telling you is there's people like that all over, and some of them may be in this room right now. Keep doing what God called you to do, and don't be worried about all this other junk. Stop worrying about what's wrong with the American church, and let God handle the American church. You do what God called you to do, and leave the rest to God. Are you there, church? You do the anointing that's on your life and don't worry about it. Don't let you buy you with money. We're not for sale. Young man, do you hear me? I need you to listen to me right here, right now. We were bought by the blood of Jesus. Don't let them buy you with money. The anointing's not for sale. Okay? It takes money to live. But you have faith in God. He will provide. I'm a living testament of that. Everything I do, I do by faith. I'm telling you, faith is the right way. You get you some faith and you don't let them stop you. Be a world changer for Jesus. Let the nations burn in your heart. Let the fire of God come and answer you. That's real. And they're waiting on you. All you young people, I don't know what these older people are going to do. But I'm telling you right now, if we'll bind together, God will use us to change things. Okay? Some of them, they just fuddy-duddies. I'm messing with y'all. Some of them can't go where you go. Their bodies won't let them. Surrender to Jesus and let God take you far. Do you hear me? innocence and 
let God use you. Don't listen to them in their lives. We are beautiful.